Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash watsonassistant to learn more. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate you, teach you, put it in perspective. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Schizophrenic. Yeah, schizophrenic. That's how I describe today's session. Torn between the ecstasy of victory from the near passage of a very pro-business tax bill and the agony of consternation over the Russia investigation taking a more serious turn. Oh, yeah, volatile day. Dow ultimately closing down 41 points. It was down 350 at one point. S&P backsliding 0.21%. NASDAQ declining 0.38%. Still a lot of pressure on the tech stocks. We're in uncharted waters when a serious investigator is building a case conceivably against the President of the United States, as special counsel Robert Mueller seems to be doing. I found myself thinking, will we have impeachment hearings? Will there be a ton of presidential pardons? How does President Pence sound? I defy anyone to tell me they didn't think those same thoughts when they saw the headlines that former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn was flipping on his old compatriots. In the end, though, we don't know where this investigation will lead. Maybe nowhere. And while the tax bill looks close to a done deal, nothing can be certain there either. Tax reform could be, though, a huge positive for the market, although it could also be a real negative for you personally if you live in a high-tax state like New York or New Jersey. I live in both. But this is a show about stocks, and if the, if the bill passes, a whole lot of seemingly expensive, particularly domestic stocks, will look a lot cheaper because their earnings will be inflated by lower taxes. Remember, we don't care how the profits got there as long as they're legal. We'll put a higher multiple on them. So we have to start our game plan for next week with an acknowledgement that we could be in a real Washington roller coaster, one that's reminiscent of the old days when politics influenced investing in a negative way, the Obama days. You know me. I like to use these moments like the one that saw the Dow Jones get pummeled this morning to pick up my favorite stocks at discounted prices, especially after yesterday's huge run. Think about it. We had the best day of the year yesterday, followed by one of the worst intraday declines of the year. That gave you a chance to buy everything that looked like it had gotten away from you when you walked home last night, as I did, and said, ah, how did I miss those opportunities? And let's face it, while many companies are genuinely impacted by what happens in Washington, plenty have nothing to do with the government at all. And those were the best opportunities. I'll give you some of them later. So Monday should be as sort of a lot about what people are worrying about right now as we leave. What else is happening in terms of actual business, though? Because processing Washington, as much as I like to fathom it, it's not my strength. You know, I think the economy is gaining strength. And we'll get some confirmation or contradiction of it 
when, uh, of that whole strength uh, thesis that I've been propounding, when we get the government's durable goods report, manufacturing is really turned here, and a very strong number would verify the intense rally the smokestack industrials have experienced in the last few weeks. And if you're like me, you want to see that so you don't think that it is all smoke and mirrors. We also get results from a very interesting company that's been on the show a couple times, GW Pharma. It's a British company. It's created some revolutionary drugs based on marijuana. Now, before the recent wave of legalization started sweeping state after state, some speculators thought that GW might be a backdoor way to get a pure medical marijuana pill. That has never been, never been what this thing's about. Turns out that cannabis has tons of different chemicals that don't get you high. And GW used them to treat epilepsy, particularly for children. And they're working on new indications. I want to hear how that's going. I'm pulling for those guys. Tuesday, we hear from Toll Brothers, one of the hottest companies in the red-hot housing market. We have had a weird confluence of a lack of housing supply combined with home buyers wanting to lock in a mortgage before interest rates get too high. Toll has been able to parlay that into some unbelievably good earnings. I can't wait till 6 in the morning Tuesday. That's when we get the toll number. I bet it's going to be good. We also get earnings from AutoZone, AZO, which I think will join Advanced Auto Parts, which reported a few weeks ago, in giving you terrific results. At the same time, these stocks have been hammered by worries about the Death Star, Amazon, coming into the auto parts business. But as we saw this week with Kroger, even companies in Amazon's crosshairs can thrive. AutoZone's one of them. Now, we've been big fans of Dave & Buster's, both the playful restaurant chain and its stock. But that adoration, let's just say it's been unrequited. Stock's down 6% for the year. I'm looking for the company to say something about experiential opportunities that are bringing millennials into the giant entertainment spaces and that the business of late has been strong. I like stocks that are down a bit but not out. Dave & Buster's fits that bill. Wednesday, we are from one of the most controversial companies around these days, a charitable trust name. It's called Broadcom, symbol AVGO. It's pursuing some big game. $100 billion attempt to buy Qualcomm, which owns the patents that make so many cell phones possible, including one of its biggest customers, Apple. I always thought the customer was right. Looks like in this case, it doesn't, uh, Qualcomm doesn't agree. And it looks like Tan's going to have a proxy fight with Qualcomm's incumbent state of, uh, slate of directors in order to pave the way for a smoother takeover. All I know is that if Broadcom can buy Qualcomm a $65 stock for anything less than 80 smackers, I think you could see Broadcom stock rally as much as 30% from here. I've been telling my morning partner, David Faber, that hot Tan always gets his man. I think that ultimately he gets Qualcomm, and it's a huge win for shareholders, including my Chapel Trust, which you can follow along at ActionHorsePlus.com, club members. Another of my favorites, Lululemon, reports Wednesday. Now, judging by the red-hot earnings of apparel maker PVH, delivered earlier this week, remember Manny Chirico said best Christmas holiday season in four years, and the strength of Gap's athleisure line, I bet Lulu puts up some terrific numbers. We also have an analyst meeting for one of my faves, Home Depot, on Wednesday. Let me offer you a trading idea. If the market goes down off of this stuff on Monday, maybe someone says sell the news. You know, you always hear that stuff. Or we hear more about the Flynn thing. You might want to buy some Home Depot this day in order to profit from what I think is going to be an exceptional Home Depot analyst meeting. Thursday, we hear from Dollar General. This is a controversial one, but not for the reasons you think. Normally, I just tell you to go buy it. Why? Because I'm expecting a very good quarter. Not this time, though. Because 
Dollar Tree, its competitor, reported recently, and it told such a good story that it already moved up the stock of Dollar General. We're going to be late if we buy it here. I fear there'll be a sell-the-news aspect of this quarter. Let it come down. Maybe that'll be your opportunity. I do prefer Dollar Tree. Remember, Dollar Tree is so clean, you can eat off the floor. I've always heard that phrase. I've always wanted to know, who would eat off the floor? But if you had to, you'd go to Dollar Tree. And the candy aisle, superb. They have cow tails. Finally, on Friday, we get the last Labor Department non-farm payroll number before the Federal Reserve, where they're expected to give us a quarter percent rate hike. I think that we'll get a very big jobs number because we're now post-hurricane unemployment and smack in the middle of this industrial renaissance that you know I love talking to you about. At the same time, white-collar jobs starting to become more plentiful. Do you know that even retail could be strong? And I'm judging by the 7,000 new sales associates that Macy says it needs just to meet Christmas demand. And as I said last night, retail's having a holly jolly Christmas. I think we'll get a holly jolly employment number. Bottom line, we've had a wild week and a wild day capped off with a real roller coaster that could churn your stomach. But if you stayed focused and you stayed fearless and bloodless, you got some excellent prices for high quality stocks. So let's be ready to do the same thing when Monday's bell rings. And we start all over again. My executive producer actually was saying, ouch, when I'm the ones with the hearing problem. Take that. Okay, let's go to Bill in California. Bill. Hey, Jim. Thanks for all you do. I'm calling to talk to you about uh, Novacure, uh, ticker symbol NVCR. Yeah, did you see that European approval that got the thing going? Yeah, they got the European approval. Japan just approved it. And... uh, you know, it's been approved here domestically in the United States. They're yes. waiting on Medicare to approve it, but Novacure is uh, providing the uh, electromagnetic tumor well, treating let's not, Bill, let's not wait till that Medicare. Let's get ahead of that. You know I'm a huge believer in Novacure. Unfortunately, I'm a huge believer because I saw it work for someone who got many years of life in the earlier iteration uh, and I think that the, the approval for Optune in Japan is an arbinger of what can happen here. I got to go to Stefan in Florida, please. Stefan. Hey, uh, so what's the deal with Micron? It's down. About All right. Katie Huberty, my fave analyst over at Morgan Stanley, said that flash prices have peaked. Sell, 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 sell. Kind of really hammered Western Digital. But remember, Moo also makes flash, and that's what's ailing it. And you know what? If they have peaked that nine-point decline this week, it may be a precursor. All right, what a wild one we had. And you know what? Next week's going to be the same. I need you to keep your eye on the prize. Buying unexpected opportunities to get stocks cheaper than we thought. Now, we're going to go stay with, look, we're going to stay together on this, okay? We'll stay focused, we'll stay fearless, and we'll stay together. Oh, man, bunny, tonight, with the hoopla of Dow 24,000 and the potential impeachment of the president, Well, it's easy to lose sight of the fundamentals. I'll reveal the two blowout quarters that were just reported that may have slipped through the cracks. Don't worry, get another chance, believe me. Then, sales of American whiskey rose 7.7% in 2016, outpacing the entire spirits industry. I'm eyeing a company that's banking off the trend that I had never heard of. And the company may have declined over the past month, but can an investment in Henry Schein still keep you smiling? Yeah, it's about your teeth. I've got the exclusive with the CEO fresh off of earnings. So stick with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? 
Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. So let me ask you a question. Does anybody remember the fundamentals? You know how actual businesses are doing? Through all of the Dow 24,000 hubbub, the Sturm and Drang surrounding the Senate tax reform bill, and the pearl clutching about the latest revelations from the Russian probe. The House of Pain. Let's not forget that there are real companies doing real things, and they matter. Look, I never dismiss the big picture, the macro. I'm all over it at all times. But the small picture? what they call the micro, also has to be front and center because at the end of the day, not every company is caught up in these macro stories. So when the whole market sells off like it did today, went down more than 300 points, sell, 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 sell. for big picture reasons, you can often pick up high quality stocks at ridiculously marked down prices that have nothing to do with what happened with the underlying companies. However, to capitalize on these opportunities, you need to follow the individual companies. Otherwise, you'd have no idea what to buy or, or whether the stock was cheap or not. If you do the homework, though, you do tend to get rewarded. So let's just talk about this very morning's action because it's so indicative, so illustrative. Uh, Last night, a pair of my absolute favorite technology companies, VMware and Nutanix, reported. And they reported two of the biggest blowouts I have seen. I mean, really, of all 2017. Both companies helped their clients harness the power of the cloud to better grow their businesses. There have been a big short base building up in these because some of the cloud stocks like Autodesk had reported weak numbers. Both of these companies, though, seem to have more business than they could handle. That was my takeaway from the conference calls. I call that a high-quality problem. When I listened to these calls, I figured VMware and Nutanix would be up huge today from the get-go. So it was way too late to even contemplate recommending them on Squawk on the Street at my 9 o'clock show. Yet thanks to the negative Washington-related headlines, last-minute worries about the passage of tax reform and the Mike Flynn bombshell on the Russian probe, VMware and Nutanix stocks each took a tumble. The former got hit right at the opening, and the latter got slammed over the course of the morning. I'm not a trader. I don't do that. But let's just say these pullbacks were two very undeserved gifts to prospective shareholders. And I was in disbelief when I saw the prices, given how fabulous their earnings were, and they had just reported the night before. I mention this because being an investor isn't just about picking stocks. It's also about timing. If you're going to be rigorous, then you wait patiently and let the stocks you like come to you. Odds are you'll get your chance, although usually the chances aren't this good. Tax bill roadblocks, Mike Flynn's lies, blaring sound, a Dow 24,000, all conspired to give you a breathtakingly great buying opportunity. It's a chance that you should never have had the ability to have, which is why VMware and Nutanix both rebounded hard. The former, which I've talked about many times, closed up 3.6%. The latter, which I've been saying is very good, was up almost 10%. Nutanix. Same thing goes for the oils. Let's talk some about them. Thanks to a combination of rising worldwide demand and increased production discipline by OPEC, the price of crude has surged up to 58 bucks a barrel, a level that many people assumed and assured me would never happen. Yet the gravitational pull of the S&P 500 was so strong when I told you it fell down more than 300 points at one point that you got a chance to buy all the oil producers at almost unchanged prices. That's crazy. 
Now, again, I hear some people saying, Kramer, this is all just trading. I'm an investor. What are you doing to me? Fair enough. But I reply that you don't get these kinds of opportunities to start positions very often, and everybody can benefit from knowing how to spot a great entry point. Of course, we have to pay attention to some of the weaker stories out there and the confusion generated by the big-picture political headlines. Obscure was what was an excellent opportunity to sell. Sell, not buy, but sell some Ulta Beauty at almost unchanged prices this morning. Ulta warned that its gross margins might be weaker than some investors would have hoped. Yet the stock was acting relatively well, at least for a little while when I was on Squawk, uh, squawk on the Street, before ultimately plummeting down more than 9 bucks. Hey, by the way, intraday it was down 20 Now, maybe you could have sidestepped most of that decline if you were nimble and you understood the story. Finally, there's the big lesson here, the one I've always tried to repeat over and over and over again, because it is very much front and center. And that is that no one has ever made a dime panicking and selling right into the teeth of an ugly-looking decline. Can you imagine if you sold stock down 300 today? Can you imagine? But many people have profited by using that decline to do some buying. Panic, my friends, is not a strategy. The next time something tangential slams down the whole market, don't freak out. Stay calm. Maybe do some buying. Listen, if that's too much for you to handle, uh, you know what? Uh, you, can't, you can't accept or, or know how to handle the emotional roller coaster. Well, then you don't need to own individual stocks, and you don't need to watch your screens. You don't need to make decisions. There's plenty of alternatives. You know I like a nice, low-cost index fund that mirrors the S&P 500. Not everybody can take the pain. No shame in admitting it to yourself. You know what? By admitting it, you'll probably save yourself a fortune long term. Much more mad money ahead, including my take on an under-the-radar company behind some of the top labels in your liquor cabinet. I'll reveal the name just ahead, and it's quite exciting. Then my exclusive with a company that's banking on big trends. From your pearly whites to man's best friend, don't miss my interview with the CEO of Henry Schein. Plus, I'm getting the Yule Log ready with questions surrounding the tax bill, new developments in the Russia probe, and the Dow reaching a glorious 24,000 yesterday. Join me during my fireside chat, where I'll be taking all your questions. So stay with Kramer. After a tumultuous day for stocks, it was all about Washington. Let's all take a deep breath. I'm always telling you that the government matters far less to the long-term performance of the market than anyone in power would like you to believe. So while everyone's talking about tax reform and the latest disturbing developments in the Russia investigation, I want to put all of that political stuff to the side for a moment and get back to the basics that we do in Kramerica. At its most basic level, investing is about spotting high-quality companies with stocks that don't fully reflect the promise of the underlying business. That was true at Dow 1000 in the early 1980s when I got my start. It's just as true at Dow 24,000. Uh, whether the top, tap, the top <laughs> corporate tax rate is 35% or 20% or somewhere in between. That's why I like to search for under-the-radar names for you that have been quietly roaring higher. Because every now and then you'll find a real long-term winner where the rally's only just gotten started. Of course, the trouble with under-the-radar screens is that sometimes you're too late to the party and it's already been discovered. 
So you need to walk away until the stock drops, perhaps for some exogenous reason, uh, uh, investigation, uh, tax reform bill that's held back. You get it. Still, I like to keep my eyes peeled for these stealth bull market stories, just in case we haven't missed the boat. Which brings me to a, t- a subject tonight that I found fascinating. It's a little company. It's called MGP Ingredients. The symbol for you is MGPI. It's a Kansas-based distillery, among other things. They make booze, whiskey, bourbon, vodka, and gin, along with food-grade industrial alcohol. They also have a business making specialty wheat product, proteins. Remember, millennials like proteins. That packaged food companies used to augment their, their products. They're the biggest liquor company you've never heard of. And they focus on lots of small brands like one of my faves, Angel's Envy, Filibuster, Redemption Ride, dozens of others. But for all the lack of name recognition, MGP Ingredients is the largest supplier of rye whiskey and distilled gin in the country. And you have got two very hot spirits when you're talking about gin and rye. Now, this company, in various forms, has been around for decades. But much of the story, the stock market, it was just a a snooze fest. That's until the last few years. In fact, from December 2013 to today, MGPI has rocketed, get this, from $5 and change to almost $75, including a monster 52% gain in 2017. When I see that kind of move, it gets me wondering, MGPI up 52% for the year? What the heck? How is that even possible for what I thought was a relatively sleepy company? And more important, could this move continue? Or have we missed the boat? First, let me explain why I found the action here so surprising. In the wake of the financial crisis, MGPI spent years lost in the wilderness, struggling with low growth, inconsistent profitability. Things got so bad that it spiraled into a very public conflict between a faction of the shareholders led by the old CEO, Tim Newkirk, and the Cray family that founded the company and still owns more than 20% of the common stock. Newkirk wanted to explore strategic options. Usually that's code for putting the company up for sale. But the Crays emphatically did not want to sell any part of the business. Then in December of 2013, the two sides reached a compromise. Newkirk lost his job, and MGPI ultimately appointed a fellow by the name of Gus Griffin. He was a veteran in the spirits industry, to the CEO job in the summer of 2014. He brought in a whole new team. And the results speak for themselves. This stock has been en fuego. Now, some of that comes down to just luck, as it often does in stocks and in business. In the last few years, the liquor business has changed pretty dramatically in a way that's been very good for MGPI. Distilled spirits have taken market share from beer every year since 2010. Every year. Whiskey's been especially strong. Best of all, are those fancy craft whiskeys and bourbons that are this company's stock and trade? There's just a lot more demand for premium hard liquor and for these particular niche brands that every, the millennials get such a kick out of. I know that because the millennials come to, to Bar San Miguel and it's like, hey, Mr. Mexican, but I don't have those drinks. Well, we give them some craft uh, tequila, you know what I mean? Now, MGPI was already moving in this direction when the new management team took over. They announced 14 new select blend whiskeys a couple of months before Griffin was hired. But he deserves credit for recognizing the changing alcohol market and doubling down on what's been working, like offering non-genetically modified starches in their food additive business, along with non-GMO grain-neutral spirits. After about about six months after taking over, Griffin rolled out a five-year plan with the goal of increasing the company's operating income fourfold by 2019. How? Mainly by embracing what we call premiumization. 
You've heard that from Constellation Brands. Going after the high end of the liquor market aggressively with all sorts of new brands and some acquisitions, like the purchase of George Remus Whiskey roughly a year ago. MGPI's margins turned around as they focused on higher value added products, and the company reached Griffin's 2019 operating income target three years early. You know how hard that is to do? And the numbers just keep getting better here. Meanwhile, MGPI continues to focus aggressively on its premium business. Earlier this year, management announced that they were selling their stake in an Illinois corn processing joint venture for $76 million so they could devote more money and more attention to the fancy liquor brands that are making them so much money. What a good story. The real irony here is that MGPI sells craft liquors. People think they're getting some sort of artisanal product made by bearded hipsters in their basement, when really a lot of these brands come from this one distiller. It's kind of genius when you think about it, right? They realize there's more value in having no real brand name, at least when it comes to this particular subset of expensive alcohol buyers, many of whom are, as I use the M word, millennials. So could the stock have more room to run? All right, this is the dilemma I face with this stock. MGPI sells for 38 times next year's earnings estimates, which is a pretty pricey uh, tag to pay given that the company has only a 15% long-term growth rate. I don't like to pay more than two times a growth rate. That's my upper limit. We were too late. I don't want to take anything away from the MGPI miraculous turnaround. But I have to tell you, I think sometimes you have to say, as investors, we need to get the timing right. And we haven't here. I haven't. Here's the bottom line. MGP ingredients has been roaring thanks to fabulous turnaround and the rise of the craft whiskey market. But at these levels, I feel like it's run too much for me to recommend. Oh, man, I sure wish I had found it earlier. That's my bad. At $65, down 10 from here, well, I'd be all over MGPI and telling you to buy it. Put it in my tickler file. For now, though, if you want a liquor play, you got to stick with Kramer Fave Constellation Brands, the maker of Corona, Modelo, and a whole bunch a real good premiumized, that's my view of premiumization, premiumized whiskeys and wines. Let's go to my old friend Stephen in Illinois. Stephen! Hey, Jim. Booyah! Booyah! Uh, I work for IOI Loaders Crokeland, and Bungie LTD acquired 70% of our business. Would it be safe to invest with Bungie? First of all, how great it is that you pronounce it correctly. I always have to pronounce it correct. People say it's not Bunge, but obviously we're with. I think Bungie's a really, really good company. But you're doubling down. You're working there and you're buying their stock. We don't do that. We don't do that. That's too much risk. So own some stock if you want to. But remember, we favor diversification in America. How about James in California? James. Hello, Jim. I just want to thank you and your staff for always having all of our back. My staff is uh, this. I should never say my staff because it's our staff and our staff is fabulous. How can I help? Well, our staff is fabulous and you are fabulous. And I have a question. My stock, I understand that um, you're not a buyer of my stock yet, but uh, I, I'm I not familiar with what stock you got there. Yeah, but I don't understand what your position is on those for those of us that have been holding on to it for so long now that it's been in the dumps. Now that we have a new CEO coming in, what about Chipotle? Okay, I am a big believer that the American public can forget about incidents in 18 months. But as soon as we're at the 16th month and people almost forgot about the stock was roaring, we had more incidents. And when we have more incidents, the stock turned down. We got we got to wait another 18 months no matter who is running the darn thing. 
because the American public will forget, but not this fast. No way. All right, what a wild day. But you know what? The noise just doesn't seem to be impacting a fabulous stock for a fabulous company like MGPI. If it goes back down, I'm going to give you my blessing to buy. And we will do a whole piece about it. Now, there's much more mad money ahead. Your dentist loves this company. But after its recent decline, we need to brush up on Henry Schein. I've got the CEO. Then the Dow at 24,000 for the first time ever yesterday. But with news that Mike Flynn pled guilty to lying to the FBI and the tax bill kind of, you know, maybe, maybe not, there are still questions looming. I want to hear from you, Kramerica. Send your calls, tweets, Facebook messages, anything you want. And it doesn't stop there. I'm taking all your calls in rapid-fire edition of the Lightning Round Special Friday. Plus, a look back at the week that was. So stick with Kramer. Monday, kick off the trading day with Squawk on the Street. Live from Post 9 at the NYSE. Now, what people have to realize is when we get to 2018, people will begin to talk about 2019 numbers. They always do. It all starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. What in the world went wrong at Henry Schein, HSIC? Here's a company that's the largest distributor of dental and veterinary products on Earth, major vaccine business to boot. You know I've been a huge fan of this stock for years, and it has slowly and steadily worked higher. My kind of stock. But in the last six weeks, we've got to talk about this because the stock itself has been hurt. Fell from 84 in mid-October down to $70 and change today. That's a stock split, by the way, just so we know. It's now off more than 22 points from its highs over the summer. What caused the downturn? Well, when the company reported in early November, investors weren't that thrilled. While Henry Schein gave you a top line, beat the earnings came in light. More importantly, the company lowered their full year forecast for this year, gave weaker than expected outlook for next year. Not by that much, but it didn't matter because it's been so consistent. And that's why the stock lost 10% of its value in a single session. And it's why its shares have continued to slide. So has the stock been punished too much? Or should we be genuinely worried that something's changed here? Let's check in with Stanley Bergman, the chairman and CEO of Henry Schein. Find out more about how this company's doing and where it's headed. Mr. Bergman, welcome back to Mad Money. Good to see you, Stanley. Thank you. Thank you. Have Good a to see you. Okay, so Stanley, first we got to figure out, are these issues transitory? When we're talking about product mix, we're talking about dental special markets, and we're talking about lower gross margins in Europe. To me, they seem transitory. To others, they seem like it's a new Henry Schein. No, uh, Jim, there's no new Henry Schein. Okay. Uh, our business is solid. The core markets are in a great. Baby boomers are spending more money on the products, that are, on the services that are provided by our customers, and the profits are pretty solid. Okay, so, but, you know, you're an upfront company, and you brought these things up, not us. In other words, right. it wasn't like I read through the analyst reports and they said, this is happening. You guys shined a light on these issues. Why did you do that? Well, we wanted to point out the variances in the quarter, right. but we also wanted to point out that we're working very hard to continue to drive efficiency in the business, advance product mix to higher margin products, advance our solutions, whether it's practice management solutions or other kinds of solutions to help dentists, veterinarians and physicians operate a more efficient practice so that they can provide better quality care. So we provided all these ideas 
that we actually translate into action to help our customers right, and we'll drive see, up margin. Well, speaking of translating into action, I saw you bought back a non-material, that's your term, not material amount of stock, but you have a $400 million uh, buyback uh, that you can put to work. Is this what that money is for, which is a sharp decline in the face of multiple years of good earnings coming. Right. So, um, Jim, we, we generate about 650 to $700 million of cash each Which year. Which is huge. Yes, it's pretty good. And each year we return about three to uh, $400 million to our shareholders in the mm-hmm. form of buybacks. And two to 300 we invest in acquisitions. Right. And then we probably spend around $85 million in uh, 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 equipment in the business. Okay. But we, we, we are generating a tremendous amount of cash. The amount of cash we, inc- uh, we generate increases each year, and we're returning it to shareholders and investing in the business. Okay, fair enough. Now, in 2017, your full-year effective tax rate was 28%. You did not address in the call, because frankly, people didn't know exactly the juggernaut that Washington B, that you might have lower tax rate. Are you prepared to have more capital because of a lower tax rate, and what would you do with it? Right. So we have a slight challenge, and this is the reason why we were the bottom end of our guidance, okay. and that's because we had uh, compensation-related uh, uh, tax uh, uh, high, uh, 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 increase in our taxes, uh, our effective tax rate directly related to compensation stock uh, buyback. Okay. Okay. And uh, the bottom line is that um, that change in the tax rate will be more than covered by any potential. Uh, reduction in the income tax rate that will come out of Washington. But we will be able to put that money to work very effectively, both in buying back stock, investing in the business, and, of course, making acquisitions. Okay. Uh, Speaking of acquisition, I thought your animal health number was amazing. A lot of others did not have good, strong animal health. What are you doing right that the other guys aren't doing? Well, the animal health business is very, very good. You know that there's the humanization now of yes, pets. Yes, which we like. And IDEX and Labs had just an okay quarter, but there were other reasons. Right. That was poultry and livestock. Right, but the pets, the companion animal that's pets. Where we, that's you know, where IDEX hit you too, right? And we have been doing well in that business for a long, long time. So we are very confident that we have a tremendous runway going forward for companion animal veterinarian products because the veterinarians are doing well. And the dental market is, it has to come, it has to get strong. Well, the dental market is quite stable. Okay. There is no doubt there's a high correlation between good oral care and good health care in general. So we know that the non-communicable diseases account for a huge amount of health care costs, and oral care is a tremendous way to drive down cost of health care through advancing wellness and prevention. Fantastic. Let's leave it at that. That's Stanley Bergman, the chairman and CEO of Henry Schein. I think after this stock is churning, and it is churning right now, that's where your opportunity is going to be. Stay with Craig. It is time. It's everything and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski daddy. Over the lightning round, let's go to Mike in Illinois. Mike. Kramer, Big Packer, Doug Pedersen, Eagles, booyah to you. Go Burks, what's up? IBM. Buy, I think IBM is trying hold. to bottom here. I think you got Warren Buffett out there selling. I think it's a breakout quarter because they're going to ship new mainframes. Bruce in Missouri. Bruce. Yes, my question is about Workday. It's down $16 from Monday. Has it I actually like yet? the quarter. I mean, I know, look, did the quarter, did it deserve to sell off like this? 
Ah, you know what? All the high multiple tech stocks are selling off. But I think if you had to start a position, I would start it right here. Let's go to Alice in Florida. Alice. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. I'm hey, calling about next. I'm calling about Nextera. Nextera is a great utility, and I like them very much. It's a good stock. Let's go to Eric in New Jersey. Eric. Hey, Jim. Love the show. Thank you. Big game Sunday night. Go Birds. Go Birds, man. It's a game of the week. Okay, definitely, definitely. Okay. I wanted to follow up on a little bit what you talked about last night with uh, electric cars and material stocks. I'm invested in SQM, which is strong in lithium mining. They had a lot of momentum over the summer, but seem to have tabled off. I know. That's why we went out. You know, we debated that when we went out and FMC. But Society Dad Chemica is a good company, but it's not as good as the ones that I recommended. It just really isn't. Let's go to Troy in Pennsylvania. Troy. Hey, Jim. Big booyah from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. How are you? I am good, man. I'm looking forward to that December 14 contest with you and the Pats. What's going on? Yeah, we might be seeing you in the Super Bowl if all goes well. Well, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but yeah, that's up. <laughs> hey, my question is on Under Armour. I bought it around $40 a share. It's obviously tanked a lot. Should I hold it and hope for maybe a takeover from I Amazon? No, there will what be no I takeover do? here. What I do think, oh, because they have different classes of stock, what I do think will happen is after a couple quarters, they're going to come out of this because Kevin Plank is refocused. But boy, they got a lot of personnel changes. And I can't have great conviction when I see that much personnel change. I really can't. I wish I could. Oh, no. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Hello. Booyah, Mr. Kramer. Booyah, Jim. How are you, sir? Be one of these. A falling knife. We're all gonna die. <laughs> Billy, great scene. Anyway, I have spent a lot of time on the cheap linoleum floor drinking some really bad scotch because of arrogance. I did a little shopping with that Frank and Sal, and I bought some fresh brazil and some Italian bread. Come on over. Black Friday deals. I'm going off the charts and. <laughs> CNBC scarf if I gave it to her she'll think that I didn't buy it. When they send each client their box full of fixes every month. Pretty deep. <laughs> and now, a fireside chat with Jim Cramer. Can you believe 2017 is almost over? Boy, it's got me thinking. The last week of November has been just a whirlwind. The whole month's been. One day the market's up, the Dow reaching 24,000 yesterday. Hey, that was a big deal. But falling sharply today, down 350 Dow points at one point in Washington fears. There is so much negativity and uncertainty out there, drives me crazy. But there's also plenty of stocks of companies that are doing the right things. And that's when you realize panicking is stupid. Not an option. Market takes its twists and its turns. And as an investor, it's important to remember the fundamentals don't necessarily change with the news from Washington. You can't get too caught up in them and all that hoopla and chatter. In the midst of this noise, I'm opening the phone lines. I do it. I, I haven't. I think I've done it once this year. I want to hear what's on your mind because we get through this stuff together. So let's pull up a chair. 
put down the scotch. It smells like tequila and scotch. And get down to business. Let's, t- Let's start with Al in New York. Al. How you doing, Jim? A big booyah from Astoria, New York. Well, man, I'm loving that. From Astoria? Astoria, New York. I, right. I was looking to buy property there like 10 years ago. I got to tell you, Al, it went up so fast, I missed my chance. What's going on? I want to ask you a question. Um, with all the political uncertainty going on, the global uncertainty going on, volatility going up, and the market being at all-time highs with the potential correction uh, looming, would it make sense to hedge with gold? Okay, Al, I got to tell you, this whole point of this whole thing that is Bitcoin, you know, the Bitcoin going up, yep. it has really taken away the luster of gold. Gold has kind of lost its moment here. But I think up to 10% of your portfolio should be gold for precisely the reasons that you described. And Al, would you be comfortable? Would you be comfortable actually owning gold, physical gold, and not just the GLD? Well, the answer is, is that Al just hung up. But the answer is, is that if you were, I would like the hard stuff. And I'm not just talking about how sweet it is. Let's go to Rhonda in Kansas, please, Rhonda. Hi, Jim. <laughs> Booyah. Booyah, Rhonda. Jim, your perspective, the shale revolution, oil and gas. Jim, your perspective regionally and, of course, the banks who have been lending to the companies who, well, provide the jobs. Okay. All right. First of all, uh, short term, the group is good. Oil is going to break out to 60, I think. And I, my chapel trust owns a bunch of them. Uh, longer term, I think we got to worry about fossil fuel. I think we just see that it is the um, sun is setting on fossil fuel. So we can't make a big bet on them. We can say that out 15 years, maybe we still got a, a viable business. But I got to tell you, the world is changing and we've been selling oils for Action Alerts, for the Action Alerts Club. Why? Because I see it's happening. I had a conference call next week. I'm going to address the fact that one of the biggest mistakes I made was thinking that fossil fuels were going to be here longer than they are. And I think that the millennials out there know that that was the wrong judgment. Can we go to Frank, also in New York? Frank! Hey, Jim Booyah. What's happening, man? I don't know. Kicking back and answering some questions, which we only do a couple times a year because things are pretty crazy. I know. And we're doing thank it now. So thank you for participating. How can I help yeah, you? Thank you. I just wanted to say I've been watching your show since I was 10 years old. My father, man, we've been watching it forever. You helped me and my money stay happy. So all you mad money people out there, thank you for being mad. You know what? Let happy, me tell you right? something. When I hear someone like you who started out, okay, when we started out and now doing some investing, I know we have accomplished. This is what I said when we started the show, that this could happen, that there'd be younger people who became investors and Mm -hmm. learned something from the show. So how can I help? So, Jim, I bought into one, or I bought at 155 uh, into NVIDIA. I bought into NVIDIA at 155. Okay. And I've seen it shed some of its uh, profits recently, but I think that's just what it is, shedding profits. It's not really going beneath 196 or 200 mostly when it's dipping. But I want to know if the analyst expectations for the, uh, how do you call it, the uh, price estimates for next year, the highest price estimates for like 225, 230 are still reasonable to consider. And that if they're not reasonable to consider, perhaps I should take my profits off the table and do something more profitable with them. 
All right, let's talk about this. This is really important. Mm-hmm. First of all, you yeah. said that, that NVIDIA was shedding. I was thinking about NVIDIA, my dog, who sheds all over the darn place. Uh, <laughs> it, but here's the problem. What, do I t- what if I told you that I think that stock could go to 180 before it could go to 240? 180. Mm-hmm. So then you'd be very close to where you bought the stock. What would you mm-hmm. do if I told you that would be what I think could happen? Uh, right now, I'm thinking about uh, cost averaging in, or price averaging in, really. So in other words, you wouldn't about. take any off the table in the 190s with the idea that you could buy it back in 180? No, I'd take some, some off the table as you recap, you know? See, I, you know, they're going to change the tax code, too, which makes you can't select lots. But my fear, and my Chapel Trust owns it, is this thing is going to see 180 before it sees 220. That's why we have a half mm-hmm. a position on, and we're going to buy mm-hmm. it when it gets down there. But this stock is erratic, and it acts difficult. So my advice mm-hmm. to you is, if you can strap, strap yourself in, you can own NVIDIA. Otherwise, it's going to be very tough. All right, guys, how did this end so fast? We got to do, I'd like to do a whole show with this. I don't know, but we do it on Saturday. We all come in on Saturday. I don't care about everybody else's life. I have none. Anyway, we're always all ears here in Kramerica. Keep the calls coming. That was fun. Thank you to everybody who participated. And that's the end of our fireside chat. I say stick with cheap scotch and stick with Kramer. Cross currents were really there today, and I've got to tell you, what was the standout? It was oil. Let's talk about this for a second. Oil was going through 60. That's all I can say. But you know what started doing well? The pipeline companies, and those are solid yielders. Take a look at some of them. Like I said, there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise you I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you Monday. CNBC's Workforce Executive Council is a premier group of C-suite human resources executives from leading companies across the country. It offers a members-only portal and chat, plus exclusive industry content, with access to breaking news calls and digital networking experiences. The network and resources HR leaders need now. Apply to the Workforce Executive Council at cnbccouncils.com slash WEC.